Could altitude play a part in depression? And if so, could something as simple as a dietary supplement fix the problem? Up next on The Scope. Examining the latest research and telling you about the latest breakthroughs. The Science and Research Show is on The Scope. I'm talking with Dr. Perry Renshaw, professor of psychiatry at the University of Utah. He's currently seeking crowdfunding for a project on experiment.com to improve depression caused by living at high altitude, a particularly worrisome problem here in Utah. Dr. Renshaw, you're researching the effects of altitude on depression. What led you to make that connection in the first place? Well, gosh, you know, at the risk of being too long-winded, uh, I, I and my wife uh, moved here as part of the U-Star program in 2008. And uh, in conjunction with that move, we started working at the VA Research Center on Mental Health. And the assigned focus of that center, which is called a MIREC, is on suicide. Uh, never having done suicide research before, I was casting about for a topic and saw this uh, remarkable map of the United States, which showed that uh, across all the different states uh, in our country, it was really the Rocky Mountain states that had a much higher rate of suicide than other places, which led to the idea that maybe that had something to do with the altitude in the Rocky Mountain states. Do we know that this suicide is due to depression and, say, not something else like uh, societal pressures or um, other, other factors well, suicide is a complex phenomenon, and people choose to end their life for a variety of reasons. However, uh, in general, diagnoses like depression are pretty strongly linked to, to uh, suicide. And if we just look at rates of depression uh, in Utah, there too, unfortunately, we seem to lead the nation in terms of the prevalence and severity of depression affecting both adolescents and adults. So how are you addressing this problem in your research? Well, the, the most important goal that we have for our research is not so much to find problems and understand them, but to rather to use that understanding to come up with better treatments. Uh, it really is not going to be practical for every depressed Utahn to uh, move to the coast or to someplace at sea level. That would be a rather drastic intervention. Uh, the, the goal is really to see if there are simple things we can do that would uh, just help people to feel better. You're investi- doing some investigations in, uh, in rats. Why is that important? Our motivation in looking at animals is to give us a way to test potential new treatments uh, because we can do that much more quickly uh, and effectively and safely, at least uh, as a starting point in animals before beginning clinical trials. Well, the test we use in animals is with rats, uh, and we ask rats to go swimming, uh, which seems sort of like a silly thing, but it's been uh, a test that's widely used in trying to figure out what's going to be a good antidepressant uh, both uh, in terms of changing animal behavior and in terms of people who have depression. Uh, and what we see as being the real benefit of having, having an animal model is that it can give us clues as to what's changing in the brain. And what we find is that particularly for the female animals, they don't swim as much uh, as you go up in altitude. And, and we don't actually take them up to Park City. We, we have uh, hyperbaric chambers that can simulate any altitude we want. And uh, particularly for the female animals in this experiment, uh, the higher up you go, the more and more depressed they look. It's really a straight line showing that whatever else is happening in animals that makes them behave as if they're, they're depressed, uh, altitude is, is really a critical factor. Uh, taking the example of creatine, which is the same uh, substance, a natural product that's used by weightlifters and high school football players to build strength. Well, if we use it in our animal model, the male rats care, couldn't care less. It has really no effect on their behavior using our simple test of a swimming test, which is widely used to study the effects of potential treatments for depression. The female rats, though, are sort of off the charts, thinking that this is really a, a really powerful antidepressant. What is creatine, and, and, and how is it connected to this effect that you're talking about? So creatine uh, can be converted into phosphocreatine, which is the highest energy compound that exists in the body. 
and it exists predominantly in skeletal muscle and in brain, and it's sort of a battering for anything that uh, you need to have a very rapid supply of energy. So it becomes very important, and it's been studied a lot in athletes uh, in terms of their athletic performance. But it's only in the last five or ten years that scientists have turned their attention to the brain. In the area of depression, if you have low levels of phosphocreatine in the brain, you're very unlikely to respond to any kind of antidepressant treatment. So having a high enough energy level in the brain, if you will, is something that really facilitates uh, a good response to treatment. In Utah, what we see is a lot of treatment-resistant depression in uh, children and adolescents. And so we started a trial of creatine uh, in adolescent uh, young ladies who've not had a good response to uh, treatment. And this is an ongoing trial funded by the National Institutes on Mental Health. Uh, and what we're doing is just adding creatine to a standard uh, antidepressant treatment. And so far, the results are really very encouraging, very positive. And, and what you're observing is that if you add creatine to to their regimen of, of in addition to taking these antidepressant drugs, then you, you do see some improvement? That's right. So mm-hmm. the, the first seven young ladies we studied, just to, to test the idea with our local population, six of the seven were suicidal at times. None of them were working. None of them were in school. And by the end of eight weeks of treatment, uh, the group as a whole, and in fact every single individual had lost about half of their depression symptoms uh, four of them had gone back to work or to school, and the outcome was, was really very positive. Uh, side effects to the creatine were really very modest because we were using doses that have been well-established to be safe uh, uh, for children, particularly when we look at football players. Uh, it's been estimated that approximately 60% of American high school football players take creatine as a nutritional supplement to build strength. Right. So this is something you can just get at your local health food store, right? Uh, absolutely. Although, you, you know, in general, you don't want to start anything that's going to affect mm-hmm. how you feel or how you behave or how you think uh, without checking with your doctor. It's kind of striking to me that, you know, there are all these kind of fancy drugs around, but you may be coming back to sort of natural supplements to, to help people with this problem. I mean, that's it's kind of good news in a way. You, you know, I think so. Uh, if you look at what drives the use of any particular treatment in medicine, it's often uh, having a company that uh, is marketing a product uh, that they really want to sell. Uh, natural products tend to be inexpensive and you can't make a lot of money selling them, which means that there's not going to necessarily be a lot of research uh, using these compounds. And then, frankly, that's been a challenge for us, raising funds to do treatment studies that are s- sort of Rocky Mountain or Utah-specific. We think it's really important because if uh, you're depressed, uh, you know, feeling better is really going to make you happy, your family happier, uh, you're probably going to be better off economically as your work performance goes up. Uh, and there's a lot to be gained by treating depression effectively. If we look at the increased rate of depression in the state of Utah at 25%, uh, uh, we think that this is probably largely due to altitude. Uh, and the economic consequences of that for the state are something like $200 million in direct and indirect uh, losses. So addressing this problem has uh, a lot to gain, not just for those people who are depressed, but for the state economy as a whole. Interesting, informative, and all in the name of better health. This is the Scope Health Sciences Radio.